Welcome to another episode of Norman's Medical Review Podcast. We have changed the name from Norman's Student Corner Podcast to Norman's Medical Review Podcast. Um, we thought it wise to be more inclusive, not just to include students, but to include practitioners as well. Today, I'll be covering 10 questions from GI, particularly the esophagus. Um, these are factual questions and answers and will benefit you tremendously as you prepare for the end of rotation exams and also for the upcoming boards. Let's begin. Question number one. A 50-year-old male cigarette smoker presents with difficulty swallowing solid food and weight loss. What is the most likely diagnosis in this patient? Well, the most likely diagnosis here, difficulty swallowing solid food and weight loss would be esophageal carcinoma. Question number two, there are two types of esophageal carcinoma, adenocarcinoma and squamous cell carcinoma, which is found in the upper two thirds of the esophagus. There are two types of esophageal carcinoma, adenocarcinoma and squamous cell carcinoma, which is found in the upper two thirds of the esophagus. And that would be squamous cell carcinoma. And adenocarcinoma is found in the lower one third. Question three. What is the most common presenting symptom of esophageal carcinoma? What is the most common presenting symptom of esophageal carcinoma. And that would be progressive solid food dysphagia, um, which would um, progress to difficulty swallowing liquid subsequently, but it starts with difficulty um, swallowing solid foods. So progressive solid food dysphagia is the most common symptom. A 75-year-old patient presents with foul smelling breath and regurgitation of food eaten three days ago. What is the most likely diagnosis? And that would be a zenker diverticulum. The food gets stuck in the diverticulum and breaks down and hence gives off the bad odor. Question five, what is the most common cause of transfer dysphagia in the elderly? What is the most common cause of transfer dysphagia in the elderly? And that would be Zenker diverticulum. Now, question number six. What is the definitive treatment of Zenker diverticulum? What is the definitive treatment of Zenker diverticulum? And that would be surgery. Question seven. What are the risk factors for esophageal carcinoma? What are the risk factors for esophageal carcinoma? And that would be smoking, alcohol ingestion, diet, and environmental. Question eight. What should follow up upper endoscopy be? Let's start over on that question. When should follow up upper endoscopy be performed on a patient with no dis dysplasia? When should a follow-up upper endoscopy be performed on a patient with no 
dysplasia and a follow-up upper endoscopy on a person with no dysplasia should be three to five years. Question nine, when should a follow-up upper endoscopy be performed on a patient with low-grade dysplasia? When should a follow-up upper endoscopy be performed on a patient with low-grade dysplasia? Well, that should be six to 12 months. And question number 10, when should a follow-up upper endoscopy be performed on a patient with high-grade dysplasia? When should a upper endoscopy be performed, when should a follow-up upper endoscopy be performed on a patient with high-grade dysplasia? And that should be within three months. Well, Thanks for listening, and remember, hard work pays off. So until next time, this is Norman saying, your brain is a fertile field. Be careful what you plant in it. Good night. Thanks for listening to Norman's Medical Review. Follow us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, Hit the plus button on the top. Stay tuned for the next episode. Remember to listen and study well. Take care.